Disclaimer. Neither Jack Lewis Evans nor Sean Morley are medical professionals. Friends, and welcome to Mandatory Redistribution Party. I'm Sean Morley. And I am Jack Lewis Evans. Today's episode is about brain flavours. What flavour is your brain? Mine is spicy tango. Mine is tar. Mmm, yum, yum. Can I have a try? Get off me. Sorry. Uh, This episode, we finally let the cat out of the bag. It's been in there for 83 episodes, and many of you were probably looking at the bag saying... I know what's in there. And if you want to support our unique brain flavours by offering us regular deadlines and external social obligations, please consider supporting the podcast at patreon.com slash mandatory redistribution party. You may also relieve us of promotional burdens which we find strange and alienating by sharing this episode with your friends. Thank you. We appreciate your accommodations. So what's in this bag? The bag, this bag. The bag you're rattling at me, yeah. Are you sure you want to have a... Look in here. Well, uh, should I should I look? Should I be worried about looking in there? Um, I, so we, okay, let's just do it. You just crack it. Okay, give us a peek. Oh, oh God! What? Oh, I'm Did you put these in here? Come on! Ow! So me and you have both been diagnosed with ADHD now. Yes, that's correct. We have both got the tick. The tick, the mite. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, I've seen the, uh, the the men in white coats have verified the oh, existence of our tick, brain. The symbol, yeah, the of, checkbox. Yeah, not yeah, like yeah, a parasite <laughs> that gives you ADHD. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. got ADHD, but only by virtue of this thing you can see suckling on my yeah. neck. Yeah, taking my attention away. Yeah, sucking up my dopamine. ADHD diagnosis. Yeah, has skyrocketed. Yeah. under. COVID, uh-huh. lockdown times. Uh-huh. And I spoke with my diagnostician. Yes. I actually derailed the convo to be like, just before you... <laughs> just while I've got you. Yeah. Because he was like, any more questions? And I'm like, can I ask you a question that's not really to do with my diagnosis? He went, yeah, I get this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in my profession of diagnosing people with ADHD. Yeah. I, I mean, I shouldn't have done it, but I really yeah. wanted to make my guy laugh. <laughs> and I made him laugh a few times. Because I'm like, he must meet a lot of characters, but like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to compete. Yeah, yeah. Headliner. I feel like we got on. Did you get his email? No, he wouldn't give me his email. LinkedIn? I actually have no one. I can only contact him via my <laughs> portal. Yeah. But I can drop him messages there, which he can yeah. check when he's on the clock. <laughs> That's establishing the nature of our relationship. <laughs> Non-friends. So he said that, I mean, he, he, his opinion is, because yeah. it's, it's skyrocketed, his service just, like, boomed. Yeah. Um, it's because people are sort of trapped indoors and they can no longer find external excuses for their behaviours because they exist in a vacuum with themselves yeah. inside. Hold on. Is this me? Is this 
my brain. Yeah. Yeah. Is it not, oh, okay, I got I got in late, so that's why I, or the train was really packed, so yeah, I'm not really, yeah, like, yeah. focusing right, or, oh, it was just the weather and now this. And there's just so many things in your life which yeah. are variables, uh-huh. and variables can provide excuses or yeah, predict, yeah, yeah. allow you to confabulate alternative narratives yeah, for your yeah, weird yeah, behaviour. Yeah, yeah. And once you are more in a vacuum, or mm. you're, like, with someone who can be like, you're still behaving quite weird and you're not even, like, under the duress you once were because <laughs> you're just indoors, right, yeah, working from yeah, home. Yeah. Questions become a lot less ignorable. Mm. And so for as many people who probably took out a jigsaw when they were trapped inside, a lot of other people just started looking up different neurodivergent diagnoses. And it feels like a lot more people have ADHD than anyone could have accounted for. Mm. Adrian Childs, he's the... The, the new, Guardian's best columnist. The Guardian's best columnist, Adrian Childs. Wow. And I think it's quite... It becomes more like of a head fuck the older you are mm. because you've spent a long time understanding yourself very differently. Well, and also ADHD in popular consciousness is... A children's Naughty disease. little boy's disease. Yes. Well, specifically, naughty boy. Yeah. Yeah. Naughty white boy as Naughty well. white boy. Yeah, yeah it really yeah, is yeah, like, yeah. and if you fall outside of that, it's very hard to get a diagnosis. And depending how intersectionally you fall outside of it, yeah. the more impossible it can be <laughs> to have a diagnosis. Also, just regionally, it's very difficult to get a diagnosis yeah. anyway. Waiting mm. lists could already exceed a year easily mm. before there was a massive boom under, under COVID. And medication is very hard mm. to get. Yeah. And once you know it, mm. like once you know you have, there's something politically altering mm. about having it as a medically legitimized diagnosis mm-hmm. which is very different from the rest of my life where i've been very bad in lots of especially work conditions mm. where it's not just me being weird and bad and having mm. individual faults because yeah, the doctor yeah. said actually it's not 100 percent my yeah. fault actually this guy is fucked yeah I'm medically fucked. Can yeah. you pay me anyway? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done the thing on time or well, but I did my best and that has to count because yeah. now it's ableism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you don't count it. And it's very, I mean, I don't think anyone has the wherewithal to like talk that way to their employer. They don't mm. have the political power, no. but they also probably don't have the self-confidence. No, because Jesus. Especially if you've grown up with ADHD, you've been compensating for a lot of stuff in a lot of you ways. You've created a massive... Uh, racking of coping mechanisms. Yeah. The, the, the culture in which we exist places the emphasis on solving things on the individual. We can see that with the use by the NHS of cognitive behavioural therapy mm. as like this thing to just slap on any mental health issue, to just put it back on yourself and go like, we are going to give you these tools to sort, just sort out yourself, you mm-hmm. know, or, or mindfulness or whatever the fuck. You know, both of those things have got sometimes you see advanced as solutions and ways to manage ADHD but they have uh, well they might work for some people but they have their flaws but like so much stuff is put on you as the individual and you but you know can't help but buy into that and Mm. go like because the the use the utility even of a of a diagnosis is not to just excuse any time when you know you're you your ADHD is like fuck stuff up for other people. It's not mm. like a license to like have this like I've got a fucking helplessness or annoyingness get out of jail free card. It is, you know, if you're like, right, I have this thing, what are the means by which I can live more successfully with this thing? What kind of things should I do? What kind of things should I avoid? Mm. So like, yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? But I, I think in general, it's certainly in the workplace 
like work. I mean, we've spoken about sleep, for example, before. Yeah. Right. So if you go back to uh, like our sleep, we were like, shall we mention this? But kind of didn't. But I think some people read between the lines of like yeah. dreadful sleep patterns are kind of a, are often a, a comorbidity, a thing, a, com- a comorbidity or a thing that comes free with ADHD, which is that you, you know, kind of have delayed sleep phase or like a different circadian rhythm, circadian rhythm, circadian rhythm, circadian, circadian rhythm. Um, so you combine that with you, so you're sleep deprived all the time. And then you have to go to a job which is built for uh, neurotypical people. But in addition to having a different chemical composition in how your brain works, because you have this dopamine deficiency, which is the simplest way of seeing what ADHD mm-hmm. is, it's dopamine deficiency, you are uh, really fucking tired. <laughs> yeah, you're really tired, which increases your distractibility. Yeah. Probably need to cover it because we're talking about ADHD. It's like... yeah. ADHD is best understood as a dopamine deficiency in the yeah. brain. Sometimes, because we talked about CBD and yes. stuff like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. there can be like a really muddy philosophical problem in medicinal understanding of certain mental health conditions uh-huh. because in order for conventional medicine to yeah. understand an illness, uh-huh. it wants to have a physical reference in the body, right? Yes. And you sort of point yeah, to something yeah, and go, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. bad, that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like depression makes this problem a lot clearer mm. because with depression... You can get two types of therapy. One might be pills. Mm. One might give you like uh, more serotonin. Yes. Because they're saying, oh, you have depression. And what that means is there isn't enough serotonin in your brain. Uh-huh. But then you might sit down with someone who has to talk about your early life experiences. Yeah, yeah. And they're saying, actually, you've got depression. That means that your ego is, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, <laughs> has been yeah. messed up by early experiences yeah, yeah, and that yeah, you yeah. are in a bad state of like interpersonal transactions due mm. to stuff you've learned at some point in your life or mm. you have a bad set of way of thinking. We need to retrain your thinking. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, well, hang on. What, what is it then? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Is it, a problem in my, is it a problem with my chemicals? Is it a problem yeah. with my thoughts? Because my thoughts aren't chemicals. My yeah. thoughts are like an emergent system of neurons. Yeah. So, which you treat like you don't know what yeah. the problem is. So you're trying to hit two completely like metaphysically different things at yeah. once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we uh, I mean, there just isn't a complete holistic no, understanding no, of the no, brain, no. and we're not really that close. As much as as much as we love to put people into MRI MRI <laughs> machines and go, this bit's lighting up when you're thinking about baseball. Yeah. That's not yet translated <laughs> into fully understanding the mind. So it's not like ADHD. What people really point to is dopamine reuptake in the brain. And dopamine is very important for your... Executive function, motivation. Because do- dopamine is like... Um, people think it's like one of the like happiness, whatever. But it's, mm. it's more like the anticipation of happiness, the anticipation yeah. of reward. And there's interesting stuff like the same receptor for dopamine is the receptor for caffeine. Yeah. So a lot of, again think back to the sleep cycle thing a lot of adhd people tend to self-medicate with because the medication for adhd is stimulants uh tend to have a lot of caffeine and then you get really weird stuff as well but sometimes you can have adhd and you can have caffeine and it doesn't necessarily make you hyper you know it doesn't it doesn't massively stimulate it it just makes you feel all right yeah you You can now focus on quite a boring task for a bit longer than you could before yeah yeah Um, and as well it's not about a, a completely holistic deficit of attention it's about an inability to regulate attention yeah which is why you can have the opposite problem where hyperfocus your attention can can attend to something so much you cannot like rip yourself away yeah um when i decided a couple of years ago to start learning japanese i would just do it for six hour sessions and i couldn't stop i just couldn't stop i I, I didn't eat or sleep properly i just learned hiragana (laughs) (laughs) i just couldn't stop it was just such a strange phenomenon where i'm like i'm loving doing this now to wash (laughs) yeah no no do more learn more but i'll just yeah and you you, if your brain is getting dopamine from a thing because it hasn't it's got a deficiency of it Mm. and then it goes oh it's coming from here then you're like yeah keep doing that Mm. which is why so many people um you know video games which are basically just designed to be dopamine delivery machines and then what stuff like 
when you get really into a thing and then you just focus and you learn about it really quickly. This is why it is, it's kind of a problematic thing because people sometimes talk about ADHD as a superpower, which I think is an extremely fucked and privileged way of seeing things because the, tend, the people who talk about it like that tend to be people who are, uh, take a wild guess, it's white middle class men who have... It's people it, whose ADHD you know, isn't leading to them being sacked all the time. Yeah, there isn't leading to them being sacked all the time or being like horribly treated by the job centre mm. or being deemed like scatty and emotional as a, as a woman. And, you know. Yeah, and ADHD is expensive in lots of ways. <laughs> Fucking right? hell it is, yeah. It's socially incredibly <laughs> expensive. Yeah, yeah. You actually, you, it's expensive in terms of the time of your life because mm. you will die earlier. You people with die ADHD earlier. die years fucking earlier. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also just you, you, lots of mistakes, loads <laughs> of simple mistakes, like ordering stuff online. Yeah, yeah. I've done the wrong one. Yeah. I've ordered tickets for the wrong day. I've just misread the instructions. I now have to go back out and complete a task that I thought I'd done because I did it wrong yeah. again. Missing a train. Yeah. I've already, I'm, yeah. In, I'm in Jack's house right now. Uh-huh. I need to rebuy one of my tickets home because <laughs> it's wrong. Yeah. So I need to rebuy that. I can't uh-huh. get that refunded. But I also don't even blink at that because that's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's, it's just my it's life. Yeah. It's just my life. <laughs> so, in 2019, I was yeah. working on a show for yeah. Edinburgh yeah. called "Sooner We'll Be Dead and My Bones Will Be Free to Wreak Havoc Upon the Earth Once More." No, it's the Bone Show. It's the Bone Show. It's what we call it. When we just call it for the rest of the conversation. Yes, <laughs> here, 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 forth, known as the Bone Show, and that show was about mm. this feeling I've always had, mm-hmm. which is. No matter what I try to do to improve myself, <laughs> there seems to be a core of myself which is weirdly impulsive, mm. doesn't really think about others. <laughs> and just does things that seem to be different from what I want. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it just does things without me saying so. And it's made me feel that there's something in here yeah. that's bad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and while I was working on that show, I found out I probably mm. have a well, now I know yeah, I do yeah, have yeah, ADHD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it completely ruined the show for me because I wanted it to be like so this. a profound realization of a universal thing to everyone, maybe. And then you're like, oh no, it's, oh, no, a- it's specific to me. And also, yeah. I can now explain. Profundity requires <laughs> profundity requires there to be something which you can't say in one easy sentence. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. why do you make a whole fifty minute show if you're like ADHD? I think you have a huge thing as well, and I imagine this is. I came at this from a different angle in that during my teacher training, looked at ADHD stuff and was like. Hold on. Right. Okay. And because and you didn't, now it's interesting because the, the circumstances of how the information is available to people mm. through, for example, like TikTok just gives you what you're responding to, right? Yeah. And I love people who are like, well, TikTok just diagnoses everyone as ADHD. It's like, do not other, everyone. Not, right? not everyone. Yeah. Also, you're on TikTok. <laughs> you're also, you're on TikTok. So, like, <laughs> yeah. you're on a thing that's designed to deliver, like, just dopamine hit. Yeah, whatever. But because I don't, I didn't hit the naughty boy criteria. Mm. Uh, which is the way you traditionally see it. But when you learn about things like executive dysfunction or uh, ch- chasing stress, so mm. like constantly what one thing I think uh, that's really, uh, you know, self-reflected about myself is one of the mechanisms by which I am able to get through life with ADHD is one of the worst things about my life is I'm constantly busy and constantly stressed. Mm. You live on a knife edge. I live on a knife edge, but that is it. That is the coping mechanism. That's the only way you can be. Yeah. If like I have to have a constantly high level of stress to the point of breaking point, otherwise I will break. Mm. Right. During COVID, I had an opportunity to rewire my life. Yes. You know what I mean? Take all yeah, the yeah, cupboards yeah, yeah. out and go, let's I've had a realization. I've had two. We'll talk about the second yeah, one later. Yeah. And I found that decompressing yeah. and having nothing to do, like relaxing, right? It's impossible. Go, it's impossible. My life would fall apart. 
You can't fucking relax. My life would people just... Keep, would people just... always say to me, oh, make sure you do some self-care. What the fuck does that mean? Well, it can... It... <laughs> It can mean really weird things for us. Yeah, what self-care it, yeah. means for us is yeah. what would be self-harm to other people. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. It's like telling people, okay, I now need to take a load off and you get into one of those like <laughs> gravity machines they put astronauts in and get spun around as fast as you can and you come out like, huh, now ready for another Pomodoro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people will be like, oh, make sure you have time for stuff. And it's like, yeah, I learned how to do, um, I, I just learned an entirely new digital audio workstation mm. and like, just got all these plugins for it. And like, <laughs> like what, why, why did you do that? Weren't you supposed to be... Weren't you supposed to relax it? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I just thought I had some free time and I thought, like... <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. What did you do? Sit and look out the window. Do you know, I always but, imagine... I mean, we've, we've, we've already fucking off it, but I, 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 I want to make this point because I think it's an interesting thing about... Um, the, the, the differences between us is that a, a fucked up thing I found mm -hmm. when I first got hit uh, by this realization when you start so you have you who you are and your concept of self and yeah. your personality and the things people like about you and dislike about you and whatever right and then you read a thing and it describes you mm. and then it's a mental disorder and you have a big moment where you go and you just basically go back through your life and look at all the things you know n not to excuse yourself of fuck ups but it it recontextualizes errors you've made mm. and stuff you're, you're you're like massively guilting over or whatever and you're like oh maybe that was partially this and that helps mm. me understand why i did that and also it kind of goes oh shit who i am is like a thing that's a, you know that, that, that this these medical professionals are saying has gone wrong yeah right yeah, yeah. and so you you do a, a double thing of like it's almost like yourself has been deleted and been replaced by a disorder which is fucked and then you peel back stuff ab about your life about your relationships and then recontextualize it and i kind of drift i i think i went through a real big thing of rejecting that and also because i i didn't I, i'll be honest i just didn't i was like fuck that i, I really didn't like it mm -hmm. and i also was obviously reading about it in a context of teacher training and learning about all the fucked ways yeah all the fucked ways that adhd is managed under education systems which are not you know just the absolutely dreadful advice of like just to help an adhd student make sure they make a, a list you know all that mm. just nonsense shit yeah. um because the education system can't accommodate them yeah yeah, and, yeah. well won't you well, know there's I, no limit to what you can do and also the way it's pathologized of like just you know medicate medicate these these kids and like, I, you know, I, I was resistant to that. I've kind of changed my mind now about, but like I was I was resistant to the medication. I took a stimulant, mm -hmm. they were, that's what it was initially prescribed to me. I didn't like the way it made me feel, but what they're supposed to do is like, you're supposed to work with the medical professionals in order to dial in the correct amount or correct thing that you were on, because that will vary person to person. Mm -hmm. But I basically was just like, this makes me feel weird. And also it makes me feel weird and also, like, I am almost a different person. Mm. So do I want to be on a drug that is deleting who I am? Especially you've already had that initial rejection of this idea that you have a disorder. Yeah. And then layering on that is, like, now yeah, you yeah, get yeah, yeah, transformed yeah, yeah. into a different guy. Yeah. And that's you fixed now. Yeah, yeah. You fixed is someone else. Yeah, which yeah. it's someone boring as well. Um, and, like, 
I think very differently about that now because I think the, as I just described a minute ago, the ways I have managed that, there's loads of other, you know, like micro, there's micro ways of managing it, which I think mm. is just boring for people to listen to, but the, the macro way of managing it is that just like being relentlessly stressed. And I don't mm. think that's a conscious thing. I think that is just what I am doing to manage it because that is the way I can survive. You've just found a thing. Yeah, and then yeah. that, then it, then I'll be okay. Like obviously, the, the the way I was affected by it with with the lockdown is, you know, I'm all, I already have a diagnosis, and then mm. I was like, in this context, fuck, this is like hard mode, mm. um, and the stuff I was using to be able to manage this is, you know, falling away or whatever. So, oh shit, maybe I do need some medication, or maybe maybe the thing I've been doing to manage this is not sustainable past the age of 30 or something because you're just you're just going to die and coming yeah, back to the yeah. you die earlier if you have adhd thing but the thing i was going to ask you is is did you go through the same thing and was it worse as an as an adult i know i was an adult but you are you are 10 years you know you're a decade later yeah and going did you have that same thing of like about your personality and about reflection on like relationships and stuff and all that kind of shit uh, i had there, there are two things i can point to yeah one is it removed this feeling I always had of like, I'll sort this out soon. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not a good thing for someone with ADHD. I'll get to that. No, no, more like, more <laughs> like I will. knew I wasn't like yeah. functioning incredibly well. Something's up. But I was like, yeah. I'm getting there though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always felt like it, I was on a treadmill feeling like I was making some progress uh, on stuff. Uh. And I was actually probably slight. Yeah, yeah. Still very chaotic. Couldn't get loads of elements of my life together. Would have flurries of uh, being intensely on top of stuff. Yes. But the default is like a swamp and morass. Yeah, yeah. And I was always feeling like I know what a person's supposed to be and, and be like. And, be capable <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm getting there. I will, I will work it out yeah. soon. I am genuinely thinking about how to get to this state of mind. Yeah. And so with the ADHD diagnosis, well, before that, when I'm just thinking yeah. about it as a possible explanation, yes. I felt the most intense amount of grief hmm. because there is no, ah, you'll fix this in a bit. No, no, no. This now is, is it, it. Yeah, until yeah. death. Yeah. And that, I was just really cut up uh-huh. for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And also one of the things you can't regulate very well with ADHD, is not just your attention, but with your emotions. Fucking hell, yeah. So when you're like obsessing about this thing that will make you sad, but also you can, you already know it's a symptom of it, that your emotions uh, will run away with you. And then that makes you more sad. Being upset by your own sadness yeah. sends you into a really deep hole. Oh, <laughs> it's like an absolute, the, the, the factory of, I mean, this is another reason why it's like, yeah, okay, your circadian rhythm's fucked up, but also you're lying in bed thinking about all the stuff. I get that all like, the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've tried to start writing all of them. Every every now now again, I'm just trying to make a new strategy. Every time I remember one of the worst <laughs> moments of my life randomly, I just write it down in full. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It seems to help. Yeah. But also, I just said this document that I should never look at. <laughs> <laughs> don't go over there. It. You should post it. Post it there. Yeah. <laughs> just do a show to read from it. <laughs> in between, just saying sorry to yeah, all the people but... it pertains to. <laughs> um, and then the other one is, um, in order to believe you're like a normal person, yeah. you need to like confabulate and fill in loads of holes in your life yeah, for things you just yeah, can't explain yeah. why you do that yeah and now whether they just do people people always go why have you done that mm. they go i don't know and if mm. you ask me a few times i go i've got adhd yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time <laughs> i didn't realize how much like my memory is really poor right yeah executive function one of the things that affects us is short-term memory yeah so people are always talking to me and i i didn't know i was making stuff up but it'd been a coping mechanism for so mm-hmm. long mm-hmm. people would be like sure that's just wrong like yeah. that's just so not what happened or pe- people pleasing stuff as well yeah, and just yeah. these things I would do. And once um, I was looking out for it, uh, I'd find things in myself or in my own thought processes 
that I did not identify with. Yeah. And so it made me feel like I was changing, mm. which when you are worried you're making something up, right? Before mm. you got a diagnosis, mm. you're worried you're inventing something in your own head, yeah. especially anything that could be in any way exculpatory for a lifetime of making bad decisions. Yeah, yeah. So you're, <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah, you're like, no, those things are, you know, you've processed yeah. those as bad and they are, they remain bad. They remain bad. They remain bad with an ADHD diagnosis, but like... It recontextualizes stuff, doesn't it? Well, now they're bad and explained. Yeah, they're bad and explained. Whereas, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. why did I do that? Yeah. Just, a, just a lifetime of being like, why did I do that? Wasn't yeah. in my best interest. Didn't even help me in the short term. Yeah. Upset people. <laughs> <laughs> Upset me. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Being able to spot your relationship with your own brain kind of changing mm-hmm. and being like, don't try and do mental maths again. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, you're doing a recipe and it's like, you're going to bodge this. Yeah, <laughs> Whereas previously, yeah. I'll just go and do it wrong and have a horrible meal. Yeah. And it's like, Sean, you can't, you can't. You, th- 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 three pots, yeah. three hobs on at once, Sean. Oh. <laughs> Something's going to go wrong here. <laughs> but you need, like, I, I love how you build, like, say cooking. You work out, you know that you can fuck it up and yeah. what can go fucked. So you develop a hodgepodge of coping mechanisms for in order that ones, to work. Yeah. And then just if one thing changes, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, copy-paste to... Everything. Mm. So, 2019? 19. I became convinced I had ADHD. Yeah. And then what I did was I, pig- I piggybacked yeah, other people yeah. around me getting diagnosed. Yeah. I piggybacked other people. You know, I had a conversation with a friend who said, look, I think I've got ADHD yeah. because I've got X, Y, and yeah, Z. Yeah, yeah. And I said to them, and I, obviously I regret it in hindsight, of being like, I don't think so because I've got all of that. <laughs> so I think you're describing... <laughs> And that's proof that's the human yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're just going to be alive. Yeah. Because I don't have ADHD. Well, exactly. But the other thing is, it's like, uh, I mean, we, we can get into ASD as well, right? But like people who are neurodivergent are going to get on more easily with other people where regardless of diagnosis, you're not showing each other a little fucking ticket, mm. but you will vibe with each other. Yeah. Right. And also, I mean, you will vibe with each other and you will also have the sensation of not vibing with the neurotypicals. I want to talk about that in more detail later. But, you, okay, we can get to that later. Okay. But don't you, don't you, like, that thing of like, oh, well, my friends have ADHD. Like, each of us keeps getting a diagnosis. It's like, well, <laughs> no, But I knew no she was a teenager. My people were weirdos. <laughs> yeah. And that normal people. Yeah. Well, I knew they didn't but like me. Thought, I knew they didn't like yeah, me. Yeah, and yeah, I, in yeah. turn, tried to make it be like I didn't like them. Yeah. But they didn't really like me. Because yeah. I was a lot of work. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but they also, yeah, fucking hell, same. But the, the, you also think, like, like, oh, I'm weird because I'd like weird things. You know, like your teenage version mm-hmm. of like what the what the weirdness is, is not, does not leap to. Cool. I think it does more so now because I people like, are more aware. I like but... weird media and I'm yeah. cool. Sorry. Yeah, I like salad fingers. Have you seen salad <laughs> yeah. fingers? Have you had David first? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually like burnt face, man, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, so hot on the heels of that was just the same thing happening, but with ASD, autism spectrum disorder. Yeah. Now we're just because, I feel like when I want to say it, I want to say I have autism, mm. but like what would once have been called Asperger's, but now that is no, rolled into Asperger's what, is a Nazi. Well, also it's just gone as a diagnosis, yeah. which I don't think had anything yeah. to do with Nazism. I think it just it just all got rolled in together. Yeah. But it allows people to be less sceptical, I think, because people may have known that there's some famous people who have Asperger's. Mm. And I can be... I, I just want to break through that scepticism because at 32, mm. I think autism is very um, maligned in its perception mm. and it's oh, yeah. very stereotyped. Hell, yeah. And there's a lot of people now realising they have autism, but they are, you know, they are deep into careers. They're deep into, like, having lots of friends and... and, and seeming as though they have a neurotypical brain. Yeah. And so people, when they tell them that... I mean, I remember in my 20s, I told someone I had depression, and they said, no, you don't. 
Why you how on earth would you know? What's that not frowning now? I'm doing not frowning to make you feel more at ease. Well, this is the thing: is for not acting sad. There is a of a certain version of ASD and a certain version of ADHD that is like the archetype that exists culturally. And often to get a diagnosis, people need to uh, almost perform that in yeah. order to appease the, uh, the you know, the, the diagnostic criteria. And for, for both, you know, we said with ADHD, it's like naughty boy's disease, but the same with ASD of like the, the, the gendered problems with that. Yeah. Well, what sticks in my mind is, I, I mean, I've had loads of friends diagnosed all around me, all my uh, friends have been uh, diagnosed, yeah. all on their way to being oh, diagnosed. Yeah, yeah. And one of them was told that it worked against them that they did comedy yes. to get an autism diagnosis yeah. because autism is, you know, mm. playing with a Rubik's Cube on your own mutely in a dark room. How could you go and communicate? Yeah, do you write lists? Yeah. And so autism... Do you like maths? Do you, like, do you like card counting and becoming a tech millionaire? Yeah, fucking shit. <laughs> um, autism's a really... I want to say that autism, I think, is a more interesting condition mm, mm. because it is much less understood. It is confusingly broad mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it is also maybe more like underground in people's mm. general understanding of it and also it's um more affected by like a eugenics campaign mm. in a way that adhd mm. is and there's so many layers to the autistic community and also the autistic community is so really varied mm -hmm. in amongst itself like there are people whose 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 care needs mm -hmm. who have autism mm. are pretty severe yeah yeah yeah. And there are people who would definitely just have to tell you, yeah. I have autism, uh, for you to know or, yeah. or, or have yeah, an inkling. Yeah, yeah. Um, quite a hard kind of p political group to bring together in some yeah. ways. I think the thing that's interesting about both of them, and a, a thing that I've I've seen as a change recently, uh -huh. is the, the concept of masking, yeah. which is presenting a version of yourself palatable to neurotypical people mm. uh, or to society whatever now that terminology comes primarily from the context of asd mm -hmm. where people and this is particularly why um women who feel patri patriarchy more aggressively um socializes women to behave in certain particular ways which uh, you know are are to an extent um, a mask of themselves so by the patriarchy whatever but they learn to mask more effectively and have greater social pressure to to mask whatever mm -hmm. and the ability to do that which is you know kind of when, when we talk about like levels and complexity of support for people with a kind of severe autism, like part of that is just like a total inability to, to mask, mm. right? But there's increasingly the use of the concept of masking with ADHD as well, mm -hmm. which is obviously kind of problematic because they are two different things. And if you just, and also often comorbidities, mm -hmm. they, you, you gotta be careful with just copy pasting one thing from that's very different to another thing. I don't know, I think I it's complex. I don't know, I think still use it. And also, there is there is a small body of thought that because they're so comorbid and they both affect executive function in quite similar ways, mm. that like they're not just comorbid, but they're like very related. There's a tremendous scepticism yeah. of the medical consensus on various things to do with yeah. ASD within the ASD community. Yeah. And it, it fundamentally comes down to the desire to have an objective authority that can tell you what your internal subjective experience yeah, is. Yeah. How can you square the circle on that? Mm -hmm. I, so you need to go to a diagnostician and they go, what's your internal subjective experience? Mm -hmm. And then I just list off the symptoms of the condition I think I have. <laughs> and that's their only way of checking. That's their only way of checking if yeah. I have those symptoms. Yeah. So diagnosis seems really odd because everyone knows, like, it's... It, 
you can see what the diagnostic criteria are used mm, for. Mm. And so rather than a doctor just go and do you have ASD, do you have ADHD, they come through and they go, well, do you have the symptoms that are consistent with ADHD? Do you have the symptoms that are consistent with ASD? But and do you, have, say the, yes, but do you have the symptoms kit. that are consistent with this diagnostic list that's 10 years behind the research yeah. on the thing? Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's fucked up. But I think, you know, we kind of deviated from it, but the, that thing of of masking and concealing, almost concealing who you are mm. for most of the day, probably like the entire work day or and a lot of the time socialising. conceive of yourself within that framework, it could be concealing it from yourself as well. Yeah, you yeah. mask internally. Yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I talked about the kind of struggle of going, okay, do I have this thing? And, yeah. then, and then going, well, who am I? Am I, a lot of my personality is this thing that's supposedly bad, whatever. But there's another there's another aspect of who am I is who the fuck am I? Like, to, to, there's like versions of me, like like you, you just alluded to, like I, you have these masks, this, mm. you know, masking, you've constructed a version of yourself palatable and acceptable to others. Mm. To other people, that's you. And also to an extent to yourself, because that is how you exist most of the time. That's you, but it's not you. And that's fucking yeah, exhausting. Masking, you can get your head around, but the thing that gets really conceptually complicated is unmasking. Uh, yeah. If you start <laughs> yeah, taking yeah. off these masks and you start digging around, is there anything there? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> what's yeah, what's so there under the, all these masks? Absolute recipe for existential dread. Oh, not me, I love yeah. that. All right. <laughs> Imagine there's like a figure and a robe yeah, and a mask yeah. and you take it off, it's like, there's no one here. Yeah. I'm like, that's me. Ha. <laughs> 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 Got ya. <laughs> Got ya. <laughs> I just want to exist in the workplace. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you see all this stuff um, talked about in the framework of neurodiversity. Mm. Specifically, I think it gets picked up a lot more for autistic people because it's believed that they can do certain tasks very well if you leave them alone. <laughs> so like the history of autism yeah. is a lot of... Basically, it's loads of children that German psychologists in the early 20th century tried to make their career on. Mm. So a lot of like some especially problematic German um, scientists as well. Well, pre-Nazis, pre-Nazis. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know the guys you mean. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, so so some of those false distinctions between like different types. It was just it was just someone wanted their own group of kids to talk about yeah. so they could get a career a thing. from it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So some of those like artificialities were split up. I mean, early on, before that, back in the 19th century, mm. autistic people would just be put in schools for the deaf because mm. they just wouldn't respond. So or, autism comes from the idea of um, the, the, the kids just want to be left alone, don't yeah. like talking. Um, and that was the main thing to watch out for, kids that just were not communicative, just seems to want to spend time on their own. And from that, like people learned that these some of these kids actually still could perform very complicated tasks. Mm. And I think there's still kind of an area in that from like employers saying, yeah, all my debuggers are autistic and actually they're great at it. And I prefer having autistic people debugging because they don't need a break room, you know? You just, <laughs> <laughs> they just want to work. They just want to yeah. be in the code. And it's like, oh, so we're just going straight to like Fucking the hell, fucked end of yeah. like absorbing different brain types into capitalism as though they're like a caste system for different kinds of workers that are yeah. streamlined for certain kinds of labor. Well, you, you absolutely see that with, with, with ADHD in that ADHD superpower thing of mm. like people... Like, there's an overlap of, like, hustle culture people being, like, ADHD is a selling point because you're this type of... You're, like, the person who puts out fires. You're a problem solver. You can adapt in any situation. And it's, like, you know, you, you can take these personality types that you have and they're a selling point on your CV. You're like, fuck off. What yeah. the fuck? So I bring you into a kind of new Myers-Briggs. Yeah. But everyone in it's disabled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think, like, neurodiversity doesn't seem to cover the fact that 
you know, a lot of people with neurodivergent issues mm. could just as easily consider themselves to have a superpower as they could to have a disability, uh -huh. sort of depending on their circumstances and, like, what it's doing for them at the time. Mm. Mm. Because there's, like, a social model of disability, yeah. right? Yeah. The disability is, before, is yeah. something that society won't accommodate. Yeah. But there are also, if I were to imagine, like, a perfect utopian world where society was accommodating mm. me, I still have some fundamental struggles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, People yeah. with chronic pain can never be more accommodated by no. society because they're, they're just in pain. Yeah, yeah. So there's a degree to which, like, society wants to absorb yes. you yeah, and say, yeah, yeah. you can participate in this. Where participate in this it means be a worker under yeah, capitalism. yeah, yeah. yeah. And actually to <laughs> resist that and be go, actually, this is a disability. Yes. So you shouldn't just absorb me and then just try to extract more specific kinds of labour I'm capable of. Yeah. Because that becomes more inhumane over time. Well, and you see, this, you, you see the concept by the uh, business world and also in, the, in education and schools of neurodiversity used in the same way that diversity is used. In the, mm. You know, like you, you'll be like, oh, these people are neurodiverse. And it's like, no society is neurodiverse yeah, yeah. it's not like you are you know like the way um whiteness will say like there's white which is normal yeah, yeah <laughs> and then yeah. there's like diverse people as a separate different category to whiteness so you know like ethnically diverse means like in the concept of what of white supremacy not white mm. um it doesn't mean literally what the words mean which is that <laughs> diverse right yeah, yeah, it yeah. doesn't so we, you're seeing that of like the use of the word neurodiverse to mean like this person has ADHD or this person is on the autism spectrum, that's fucked. And then you're also seeing that kind of uh, ADHD boss where it's like, what if the CEO was neurodiverse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh no, they're, going, they're onto this. And you see, that's happening in real time now. I don't think it's fully hegemonic in the way that I think it could, it, it, but it's on its, it's way. It's the only it's way on recognition way. will be absorbed into capitalism. Yeah. Have you heard of the double empathy problem? So there is a belief that people with autism yeah. have a really struggle with theory of mind. Oh, oh right? yeah, okay. So I think theory, I do know what theory this of is. mind yeah, is yeah, the yeah, idea yeah, yeah. that uh, autistic people can't imagine what other people are thinking. Yeah, like they yeah, might yeah, yeah, yeah. fail the Smarties test, uh -huh. right? Yeah. Yeah. And and some people might struggle with that. Yeah. But there's this belief that all autistic people, by virtue of having autism, uh -huh. struggle to understand or empathise with other people. Absolute fucking nonsense. But what they're, what might be true yeah. is that autistic people are actually very good at empathising with other autistic people yeah. incredibly yeah, yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously working on some same yeah, yeah, yeah. And the neurotypical people can empathise with neurotypical people uh -huh. incredibly well. Yes. But the neurotypical person, having more power and being hegemonic in society, yes. goes, you can't empathise with me. That means you lack the ability yeah. to do empathy. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I can't empathise with you, but <laughs> I'm normal, so I'm allowed not yeah, to empathize yeah, yeah. with you. Normal you have the N. problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You are abnormal. The, the, the way people talk about comedy as mm. not being, you know, like a, another one of those like tropey dog shit understandings of ASD is like, oh, but autistic people don't understand comedy. It's like, well, yeah, you don't understand <laughs> your shit neurotypical comedy. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, they probably do. Loads of the best comedians I know are, are on the fucking autism spectrum. Hannah Gadsby. Yeah, one, yeah. One, like just yeah, a yeah, yeah. massive name of like of an incredibly empathetic show. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's uh, yes, it's it's a total nonsense. But then yeah, you get back to the complexity complexity of the diagnosis of like how do you take the men in the suits boxes? And do you know what I do? I do fundamentally get understanding. I understand the instinctual desire not to allow self identification for mm -hmm. diagnosis mm -hmm. because we've all met people yeah, yeah, yeah. who would run wild with their hypochondriac dreams yes. if they could self diagnose yeah, with yeah, anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, and also people who use it as like a get out of jail free card to 
I wonder if they're so... They feel like the bogeyman that's used to punish a lot of people, but I don't think I've ever met one. Oh, I know plenty of them whose names I won't say, but yeah, they're about... (laughs) <laughs> are they up to much uh, <laughs> being fucking bricks yeah cool <laughs> uh, yeah no they, they are there <laughs> but you, they are also weaponized in the way you just described yeah mm, sure yeah 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 so I had loads of so I, I'm, I'm in the middle of like not a crisis yeah. because a crisis normally takes less than two years yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happens if you accordion stretch out a crisis just a long malaise <laughs> but I had this real issue because in, in comedy yeah so I didn't know why gigs made me so tired <laughs> and like why they gave me headaches and yeah, why I'd always yeah. have this massive like I genuinely if I had a big gig or I had to travel very far I'd yeah. need to stay in a dark room for a really long time yeah, I'd yeah. need to it's not even see day. bright lights right yeah yeah, yeah 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 it could be more than a day if it's like a long round trip to London or whatever yeah. overstimulation will fuck you up but when you've got both, you know how you don't want to live on the edge with stress, but if you're overstimulated, mm-hmm. so my, my smoking, because I didn't believe I had autism, I spent mm-hmm. ages back and forth on autism, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I have these things I used to call panic attacks, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then I learned what a shutdown is. It's like the opposite mm-hmm. of a meltdown. Mm-hmm. And then I spoke to a bunch of other people with autism who have shutdowns. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I've asked uh, you with no prompting from me to describe what a shutdown is like. Yeah. I have this. Yes. I have a real problem with this. Yeah, yeah. I need to, because I went to counselling about it. Yeah. Neither of us knew I had autism, so it didn't yeah, do anything. Yeah, exactly. And now, treating it as though I do have autism, it is a way more manageable problem. Yes. Because I know you what it is. It. Yeah, and yeah, I understand yeah. how to, like, stop oh, having shutdowns. Yeah, yeah. If I have a bad shutdown, I can't do anything. Yeah. People have to bring me food, you know. I, I, can't, I can't cook, I can't eat, I can't talk. <laughs> I might not be able to talk for hours. Yeah. I learned BSL. <laughs> <laughs> And so before lockdown, comedy was going great. Yeah, yeah. Which means I was traveling all the time. Oh, and I was living in hell. I was living in hell. <laughs> I spent, yeah, yeah. started comedy, yeah. 19 years old. Yeah. I would love to be a professional comedian. Yeah. I became a professional comedian. Yeah. I was living in hell. <laughs> I was living in hell. <laughs> do you want to come over here? Of course I do. Do you want to come over here? Do you want to do this festival? Yeah, do you want to come yeah, over yeah. here? Do you want to go down there? Yeah, I'd love to do all of these things. I'm living in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Thank oh you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. I tell you what, people say that comedy's like autism and friendly. <laughs> I've never seen a more scripted environment in my entire oh, life. Jesus you come Christ. in, you say hi to the promoter, you go to the green room, you ask yeah, them about gigs, yeah, you yeah. do your set, someone comes up and says, nice set, and you go, thank you. And you have the same tone of voice every time. You thank everyone that's your friend, you yeah. nod to everyone that you don't know yeah. that well, yeah. that you want to contact yeah. in future, uh-huh. and those you don't ignore, just leave. Yeah. Train, you know when your train is, sit down, listen to your podcast, go home. Bish, bash, bosh, cookie cutter, do it. Yes. Do it every night in a week and then go mad. I'm living in hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm living in I'm hell. living my dream. <laughs> in hell. In hell. You know what? It's hard to concentrate on what someone is saying because you're worried you misheard their previous sentence and are also thinking, I'd leave the hob on. It's my entire street on fire now. Do you get insurance payout if you technically cause the fire? In future, I should use a microwave for everything. People always say that Welsh for microwave is pop tea ping, but I'm sure it's macrodon. What's this person saying now? Oh, fuck. They're looking at me like I should say something, so I'll say something. Yeah. Oh, shit. They look annoyed that I've said, yeah. Did I, um, oh, I think I guessed what they were saying incorrectly or did I interrupt them? This is just like that time 10 years Go, wow, look how big that pigeon is. Maybe I should point out the pigeon and then this will make the person happy. Okay, really pay attention, really pay attention, really pay attention. Mm, not sure what they said. I'm going to say what I think they said back to them in the exact same tone. Railgun. Nope. Okay, imagine that thought process. But actually, almost all those thoughts happen simultaneously. 
You know what, it's hard to concentrate on what someone is saying because you're worried about what they're previously talking about. Yes, I like that, except in my head, it's not really just like an inner monologue. A bit of it might be an inner monologue if I choose to turn that on, but it's much more like feeling and thinking it all in one thing. Uh, I don't know how to convey that, so maybe like this. So I have ADHD and I, I fucking hate it. I also love it. And these two wolves within me are going at it, however you want to interpret going at it. Uh, this, I believe, is known as the dialectic. The reason we're doing this, the reason we're doing this, we thought, it would be useful for other people who are going through a similar experience to what we've had, wherever you are on that journey. And also if you are perhaps a neurotypical individual, I think you may or may find this interesting. I don't know. Um, so in addition to doing various kinds of comedy work and being a podcast producer, please make sure you're subscribed to Tightness Kills. I also teach history. When I was training to teach, I did a PGDE, which is like a PGCE, which is a standard teacher training course, but they throw in a dissertation. And I did my dissertation on teaching kids with ADHD. And it was through that process of reading about the diagnostic criteria around hyperactivity and inattentiveness, uh, as well as a bunch of other stuff, that at some point I was like, hold on, this is me. ADHD stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, which is a dreadful name for various reasons. Firstly, it's not that you don't have attention, it's just your attention is either extremely focused on one thing or on a hundred things at the same time. You don't even have to be hyperactive, even if you are hyperactive, that might be happening inside your brain while you sit very still and silent. Now, the thing that hit me real hard about the ADHD diagnosis is that a lot of what you think is your personality turns out to be symptoms. Being really passionate about stuff, that's, that's ADHD. Getting hugely into a thing and learning everything about it and sharing everything you've learned and then all of a sudden never thinking about it again, that's, that's ADHD. Getting hugely into a person and learning everything about them and then all of a sudden losing interest in them, that's ADHD. Everything is exciting but also I'm bored, ADHD. Finding boredom physically painful, that's ADHD. Doing crazy romantic or sexual stuff with a partner, that is super high risk and impulsive, that's ADHD. Caffeine addiction, ADHD. Sugar addiction, ADHD. Video game addiction, ADHD. Forgetting something every time you leave the house, ADHD. Getting real angry, ADHD. Visceral rage at the sound of chewing, even your own, ADHD. Not being able to sleep, ADHD. Interrupting people, ADHD. Lying awake, going through all the times you interrupted people, furious you couldn't stop yourself. ADHD. Having dreadful hand-eye coordination. ADHD. Being late despite really, really trying not to be. ADHD. Your, quote, long-term goals change constantly. ADHD. Blurting out something inappropriate. ADHD. Novelty seeking. ADHD. Listening to the same song or watching the same TV show over and over because it once gave you a bit of dopamine and you're gonna rinse that bad boy. ADHD. Laughing at something you should not laugh at. ADHD. Piles of stuff all around your house in a total mess, even though you hate living like a raccoon. ADHD, everyone's favorite, knowing what you need to do, wanting to do it, but instead being completely paralyzed, possibly for 24 hours. That's ADHD. And that list isn't even finite. That is, that is some of my personal favorites. Now, you might listen to some of that and think, but we all feel like that sometimes. Yeah, and there's a key word there, buddy. Sometimes. ADHD is unfortunately not limited to. Sometimes. It is a fundamental part of how your brain works and who you are. Who I am! I've spent years wrestling with this, so aspects of ADHD can be seen as good, right? 
Good, good ADHD. Energy, enthusiasm, being open to new ideas, using hyper-focus to learn quickly, quickly feeling connections with people, vibing, wanting people to be happy, thriving in stressful situations. But now, now you see, if you get a diagnosis, these things that people like about you are a disorder. And strap in, the treatment for the bad bits is gonna tone down all these good things that people like about you, yeah? To make you more palatable to a society and an economy built for neurotypical people. Then you look at the aspects of ADHD that are, quote, bad, end quote. Emotional dysregulation, executive dysfunction, ending relationships because the dopamine rush has faded, people pleasing, love bombing, interrupting people. The list goes on. The reframing of behaviors, which you might have spent years trying to work on as individual failures of yourself, are now symptoms of a neurological disorder. I had a terrible time with the medication when I tried it, and the health service being what it is, not receive, but also did not really seek the help I probably needed. Why? Because it simultaneously made me feel awful and made me feel like I was changing who I was. Uh, I figured I got into my 20s without medication, and I did that without even knowing what was going on in my brain. Now I do, I'll be able to manage it. And the thing is, <laughs> I didn't really. <laughs> what? What? I don't really talk about ADHD with people, or is that be weird anyway? Hello, I have ADHD. I don't really reflect on why my ADHD might cause some bonkers behavior I have, because I don't want to use that as an excuse. You know what I mean? I don't want to be like, listen, give me, I've got my free pass card here. Can you just please, please look at that? But having been forced into some reflection without consciously thinking about it, so much of my life is determined by my ADHD brain. Like I teach, okay? I love helping students understand stuff. I love lessons. I love the unpredictability of each day. But the reason I'm good at that job is that it's just constant stress and mental stimulation. It's, it's the three things ADHD brains are motivated by, which is urgency, novelty, and stimulation. Like the aspects of I hate, the fucking pointless paperwork, managerialism, or trying to talk to relentlessly negative neurotypical co-workers who communicate in like riddles that you must solve with your psychic powers they assume you have. And if you solve them wrong, they're angry at you. Uh, like I hate, I hate those things because of my ADHD brain. Why do I do stand-up comedy? Because it's fun, it's constantly evolving, there's constant deadlines, and let's be honest, think about those things, that is why it's also full of other people with ADHD brains. Once again, ADHD brains respond to three kinds of motivation, urgency, novelty, stimulation, which is stand-up. There's a binary response, laugh, no laugh. No matter how well the last joke went, you are 15 seconds away from a crowd turning on you. That's urgency, every gig is different. Novelty, if they laugh, stimulation, dopamine flood. Stand-up is the one thing geared more towards ADHD brains than, like, video games. The pandemic led a lot of people to realise they might have ADHD, and it sort of made me realise I have it again. Like, double delayed epiphany. Epiphany 2.0. I'd arranged my life in such a way that the structure of it managed my ADHD. Subconsciously. Take that away, that structure, which the pandemic did, and suddenly, I'm in a pickle, buddy. Like, I looked well-adjusted. I looked like I could manage it because I'd built my life to manage it. I built my life as a fucking ADHD self-medication machine. Early on, I liked the chaos of schools closing because having to learn this totally new way to teach was fun, right? Novelty, stimulation, stress, until it wasn't, and we all realized it fucking sucked. All the aspects of the job I liked, the parts my ADHD brain liked, melted away. And the bits I hated, 
were ramped up. The same thing happened to stand-up. And I'm going to be honest, folks, I was not okay, and I am still not okay. The good thing is, and there are so much more resources now for people going on that journey that thankfully aren't geared towards making Naughty Year 7 boys shut the fuck up. Although still, if you like try to find out a solution of something about your ADHD, you will find it will still probably say like, how to help your ADHD child make a friend. The other thing I feel about this, and this might seem like a bit of a tangent, but it won't be a surprising one if you're listening to this podcast, is I'll tell you what's not good for neurodivergent brains capitalism. Well, there it is. The way we educate people, the way we work is built around the labor of neurotypical brains being exploited for surplus value, for profit. Everyone has to be pushed into that mold and either you will be forced into that mold, no matter the cost to yourself, or you'll be excluded from it and punished and your life will be even more fucked, a different version of suffering. For this reason, I think it apt to end on a quote from Peter Kropotkin. We are so perverted by an education which from infancy seeks to kill in us the spirit of revolt and to develop that of submission to authority. We are so perverted by this existence under the rule of law which regulates every event in life, our birth, our education, our development, our love, our friendship, that if this state of things continues, we shall lose all initiative, all habit of thinking for ourselves. It took a long time for me to start asking questions about ADHD, despite months and years of friends and family making their own brain discoveries around me and excitably describing my life using their experiences. I was not taking it in. I didn't want to engage with it. I didn't really want to pull on that thread. When the penny finally did drop, it tumbled right through my skull and down my spine like a long kaplunk of the soul. Late diagnosis is difficult because it comes with dismantling an identity that is founded on ignoring behaviours you can't explain. Undoing that is a lot of work, and this new person you find has an inorganic medical smell like a blue dentist's glove. Now, when my housemate tells me I've left my post in the fridge, it is no longer a what-am-I-like sitcom caper. It is a data point to put into a form to illustrate a disability to a medical professional. I caught myself zone out of a conversation the other day that I was genuinely interested in. It was about, um, the guy was telling me about the unoccupied housing situation in Leipzig. It's a good topic. If you ever want to talk to me, stuff like that is mwah. Do you know what? Do you know mwah? It's not just a kissing noise. While I'm doing it, I'm actually putting my, the, the fingertips of my forefinger, middle finger and thumb, putting them together and then putting that to my lips. And as I make the kissing noise, I move them away from my mouth in an arc while slowly splaying them so they're fully extended at the end of that arc. You can do it at home if you want. It's, very, it's just something me and my friends do. Now you know how to do it yourself. Anyway, the reason I didn't listen to the guy was he was stood next to a reasonably colourful poster. The rhythm of this sentence is irreparably fucked now. These events feel alien when you start looking for them. Previously, you weren't cognizant of these phenomena at all, and now they are appearing everywhere in your life every time you analyse your brain. It feels like thinking you have ADHD gives you ADHD provided you have ADHD. The frequency bias is coming from inside the house. It's like when you're a child and you first realize that picture of a duck is also a picture of a rabbit, and now it suddenly makes sense why it wasn't a particularly good picture of either. By the time the question of autism came up, I already knew I had ADHD. 
this was before a diagnosis, but I had been through it. I had tunneled through my brain's guts with a spoon and I came out the other end riddled with certainty. ASD or autism spectrum disorder, I found a lot harder because it feels a lot more subjective. Communication issues, sensory issues, restricted interests, routines. Mm, who doesn't have those to some extent? And that's not to say that everyone is a little on the spectrum. It's a testament to the difficulty of making an objective standard for what is an individual subjective experience of the world. And that vagueness, that wiggle room, meant I spent a long, long time trying to wiggle out of it. And anyway, how could I have autism? Sean Morley, the comedian, the communicator, cherubin jester of South Yorkshire blasted by brain blight, the people will not stand for it. Autistic meltdowns are up there with saying bazinga and counting cards as one of the most widely known symptoms of autism. A meltdown is when exhaustion, emotions and overwhelm exceed a tipping point and become too much for an individual to contain. The brain overfloweth. This is when you might see someone collapse to the floor or they're shouting and crying, they're beating on the floor with their hands, they're beating on themselves, with themselves. It is loud, it is noticeable and it hinders the life of neurotypical people. And there is an inversion of this phenomenon. A shutdown is the polar opposite of a meltdown. If a meltdown is a brain cup overflowing, then a shutdown is a magician gingerly stuffing a handkerchief into their fist. It is watching a statue of a monkey sink into a swimming pool full of tar. It is a dramatic withdrawing of an individual from the world around them. In 2017, I developed a real bad bout of what I was then describing as panic attacks. I went to counseling for it and it didn't really do anything. Only once I began reading about shutdowns, which are a symptom of autism, and followed the advice that presumes I have autism, only then did I start to get them under control. And they are a weird experience to explain if it's not something that's in your life. Since 2017, I developed a tick when mine are accompanied by twitching, specifically in my left forearm, potentially advancing to my shoulders and my back if it's going to go absolutely bananas. Uh, and because I have alexithymia, which is a symptom and or comorbidity of ASD, it is a difficulty of registering or identifying your own emotions and certain internal states. If I'm feeling overwhelmed or exhausted enough to shut down, I may not intuitively know that. Sometimes my first sign is going to be that my arm is twitching. And that is kind of surreal to have a physical little alarm going off in your body that says you're about to get really sick. <laughs> you're going to be ill soon. It's like the flashing light in Logan's run, signifying my mandatory participation in an existential ritual. If the feeling progresses to a mild shutdown, I will need to withdraw away from stimuli. I'll become unresponsive. My thinking will become cloudy. It'll become sluggish. I will be glonked. And if it progresses to a full-scale shutdown, I will lose the ability to speak or move my body. My brain has decided to turn off. And I and anyone who's with me will just need to wait until it turns back on. It is difficult to dismiss that as part of the human condition. And unable to ignore that, I ended up having to confront the rest of the diagnostic criteria in detail and discover that, yeah, it does fit me incredibly well. It puts words to an unspoken feeling of disconnection in flat and unappealing language. It ties a string around several dozen quirks and depending on the resource, tells me it's a superpower, disability, a signifier of diversity, a missing puzzle piece in my heart and that I'm a young boy between four to 10 years old. I have had lifelong problems with a feeling of mental exhaustion and overwhelm. I feel like I don't have as much energy as my peers 
And if I deplete my energy, I face severe penalties. And a lifetime not understanding that is bad. It's doesn't. It's not. It's not nice. If you can't explain why you can't do stuff, then you'll take the explanations other people give you. You'll take it as a severe personal deficiency. And the recent boom in diagnoses will not escape the notice of the reactionary eye of Sauron that determines the Overton window of this horrible island. There was recently an article in The Telegraph complaining about the co-option of neurodiversity by, and I'm quoting here, the self-serving victimhood brigade. This issue too will soon be drafted into the culture war and no one's gonna come out unscathed. The BBC and The Guardian recently reported on a new kind of autism therapy, which claims to help autistic children by training them to hide and conceal the behaviors which would help them get diagnosed. The Guardian issued an apology for describing this as a cure for autism. I got my first phone call from the Adult Autism Assessment Clinic the other day. It is the first contact they have made since I requested an assessment ages ago. And when they identified themselves, I paused for a very long time the phone. I did not know how I should speak. I have a phone voice. Should I do that? Should I do the phone voice? What if it's too good? What if it's too friendly or too animated? What if it's too inflected with gosh darn warmth and charm? Is that gonna fuck it for me? <laughs> Am I gonna blow the gig? Should I talk in the flat affect I used to have as a teenager? Should I explain that when I was 19 I got really interested in comedy and just couldn't, I was just bad at it. I didn't know how to communicate anything in my head with anyone else. And I ended up going to theater workshops just for beginner 101 people who want to go to auditions. And they just give you basic advice for acting, like make eye contact with people, vary the dynamics of your voice in pitch and tone and emphasis and volume. And that if you have thoughts in your head or the character you're supposed to be portraying has thoughts in their head, why not physicalize that? Why not give that some reference within the body or the face? I thought, this is, this is great. Fuck doing this on stage. I'm gonna do this every day of my entire life. I think about talking to people and rehearse conversations with people every day of my life. So who do these people need to speak to? What kind of a Sean Morley do I need to put on the phone? And which of those people are they gonna be more likely to diagnose? The Redistribution Party was created and produced by Sean Morley and Jack Lewis Evans. Our title theme was created by Ella Jean with additional music by Sean Morley, Jack Lewis Evans and Beethoven. Thank you, specifically you. Yeah, listening right now, you. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to those of you who share episodes on social media. We hugely appreciate it. For our next episode, we're going to do a Q&A. Uh, like an end of the year Q&A uh, which will start over on our Patreon which can be found at patreon.com forward slash mandatory redistribution party so if you have any questions you've been dying to ask us by all the episodes since the last Q&A please get stuck in over there thank you friends Godspeed